0: It's Uncle Jim's World of Bonds. It's the 11th of January 2022. This is for professional investors only, never ever investment advice. Hi, it's Jim. This is season six of what was supposed to be a short lived stopgap as we work from home in March 2020. Uh, back working at home again uh, this month, but hopefully for not too much longer. Anyway, Happy New Year to all of you. Thanks for listening in over the past five seasons and for listening to the Bumper 2022 Outlook episode that I recorded just before Christmas, uh, which should autoplay after this if you haven't heard it yet. Anyway, it's been a very dramatic start to the year uh, for fixed income, especially in government bond world. And this is mainly due to developments in the US labour market and Fed speak. So, I mean, just this week, we've had Fed President Parkin say that uh, the labour market is as tight as it could be at this point. Earlier this year, we had the minutes of the December FOMC meeting. Um, This is the, the Federal Reserve's kind of monthly policy meeting in which they were talking about an early liftoff in rates and uh, to quote, most participants judged that maximum employment would come relatively soon leading to a potentially faster pace of policy rate normalisation. On top of that, we had uh, US employment data come out earlier this month. The unemployment rate in the US U3, which is the the narrow rate of unemployment, fell to 3.9% not quite down to the lows that we saw in February 2020 of three and a half percent immediately before COVID, but uh, as near as uh, you can get almost. And U6, that much broader measure of unemployment that measures people who aren't able to work as many hours as they'd like to, i.e. they'd like to be working full-time, but are only working part-time or or, or other kind of, it's a kind of uh, people who are marginally attached to the labour market. Um, That was at 23% back at the peak in 2020. It's now down to 7.3% and falling rapidly again. So everything going on in the labour market points to tightness, uh, fears that that will come through into a wage price spiral. Um, I think that that's unclear at this point, but that's certainly something that means that the Fed is likely to hike uh, away from what are still emergency levels of interest rates sooner rather than later. Um, and so last week, the 30-year US Treasury bond had a total return of 9.5% nearly. And that was the worst week that it had had since records began nearly 50 years ago for that 30-year bond, 10 years down over 4% in total return. Um, terms and these were three standard deviation moves and it came on the back of seven consecutive days of bonds selling off. So we're now left in a position where 10-year US Treasury bond yields are at 1.75% that's 25 basis points higher year to date. Two years are at 0.9, 30 years at 2.07% in the States. That 30 years is still below where it was in October last year and uh, you know quite a long way below where it was in May 2021 um, at 2.4%. So, there 's a an, uh, an outperformance of the long end and an underperformance of the the belly and the shorter end of the u s yield curve at the moment and this has been driven by real yields rather than inflation expectations. Inflation expectations have been relatively stable over the past month or so if anything they 're lower than they were at the start of the year. So if you look at the break even inflation rate, this is the the difference between nominal yields and inflation linked yields on the tips. Um, at the start of the year, five-year break-evens were at 2.8%. I, sorry, were at 3%. They're now at 2.8%. So down a little bit. So the sell-off in yields we have is based on real yields, and that's the thing that risk assets really don't like. Uh, they can cope with rising inflation expectations because they expect, on the whole, that companies will be able to put up prices in line with inflation at least. Uh, but a rise in real yields is outright damaging for them and so uh, risky assets haven't had a great start to the year Um, and it's really been growth tech bitcoiny stuff that has done uh, the worst Uh, so i think the nasdaq is something like 10 percent off its high now the other thing people are looking out for is the bun market and as you probably know 10-year buns have been had negative yields for quite a long time, well before COVID, in fact. So spring 2019 was the time that 10-year Bund yields went negative. Um, They're now at minus 0.04%, so just four basis points away from returning to a positive yield there um, in the United States. So that's really what's going on in government bond markets, a a story of uh, extreme weakness so far this year. It hasn't fed through dramatically into wider credit spreads. Um, I'd say risk assets are wobbling a little bit. And high yield, which is the the riskier end of credit, certainly is wider. And we saw that the US ETFs based on high yield bonds Um, retested yesterday the lows that they hit in December 2021 and they were one-year lows in terms of prices and yesterday we saw TMT names underperform anything uh, up to a point or more lower so there is a little bit of weakness going on in in high yield but generally investment grade is holding up and today and yesterday and in fact this year to date we've seen what our dealers would describe as a deluge of of new issuance um, across the board we're seeing huge amounts of uh, investment grade bonds being issued as people try and lock in what are still relatively low bond yields at the start of the year in expectations that the Fed will be hiking again you know enough that we do have four rate hikes priced in for the Federal Reserve in 2022 with a terminal rate for the Fed of one and three quarter percent um so you know rate hiking cycle certainly in the market now that's about it for today i'd say that the biggest debate economically that we had while uh, people were off over christmas was really around price controls and i advise you to go and have a quick read of uh, a guardian article you can find online by an economics um, assistant professor i think isabella weber uh, an american um the title is Could Strategic Price Controls Help Fight Inflation? And this caused all sorts of punch ups in social media amongst uh, academics, including people like Paul Krugman, uh, Nobel Prize winner, uh, James Galbraith, uh, you know, extremely famous um, e- economist, Stephanie Kelton, who wrote about MMT. So this is the active debate in America, talking about the kind of post World War Two price controls that remained in place for a while to cope with the unleashing of demand, which you could um, sort of compare to the unleashing of demand that we are going to have or have had as economies opened up post-Covid, um, that those price controls remained in place after the Second World War, having been in place throughout World War Two. And whether that 's a good thing or not, um I think the article didn 't really you know it 's a very short article to be honest to cause such a big punch up but um you know thinking about the u k we do have a number of price caps in place around for instance rail fares um energy bills, and so forth so it's it 's not something that um, the authorities have never done in modern economics, um, but I think it's a more difficult uh, argument to make that we should be putting price caps on second-hand car prices or, or or more widely in the economy at the moment. But that's the debate that's being had um, right now on Twitter, if you go and have a look. Anyway, it's great to be back. Um, I hope you enjoyed Nottingham Forest win over Arsenal on Sunday in the FA Cup. I certainly did. Have a great 2022. Speak to you soon. Bye.